Welcome back to The Limbo Project. I'm your host, Karis Nanakin, and this week we have Lucy Cat speaking on her relationship from singleness to being married. I've always known Lucy as my sister's red-headed best friend while we were growing up in England years ago. Even as a child, I noticed Lucy's elegance, maturity, and wisdom. And I can't wait for you to listen to her experience in limbo. Happy listening! To have, to hold, and to serve. When I was 19, I met someone who would change my life forever. Within a year, we were engaged, and within the next, we were married. Not only was it one of the best days of our lives, but it was also the start of a huge transition. Living life by myself, and often for myself, to living with someone else and putting them first. Aware of the transition ahead of us, we hoped the verse we chose for our ceremony might help us with this change. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Philippians 2 verses 5 to 7. That day, as we became one flesh, we vowed to serve each other. Going from being one to suddenly two is a big change. Our whole perspective has to shift as we choose to serve each other. But what does that look like practically? Number one, actions. Jesus served his disciples when he washed their feet. He showed them love by literally scrubbing their dirty toes. Thankfully, I'm yet to wash Johnny's feet. But if I'm not careful, even small acts of service can feel like a chore rather than a joy. I remember when we were dating, I would jump at the opportunity to make him a coffee. But once we lived together, it quickly became a bit of an it's your turn this time debate. If we practice serving through small acts, it will come more naturally when big acts are needed. Number two, words. It blows my mind that our tongues are so small and yet probably our most powerful weapon. Choosing how we use it is crucial to a successful marriage. In marriage prep, we were taught a simple rule. In arguments, avoid using the words never or always. These words are not true. People just aren't that consistent. And their effects on our partner can be long-lasting. Instead, Ask God to help you shower them with love and always ask yourself if what you're saying is true, kind or necessary. Number three, honesty. It didn't take Johnny long to realise he'd married a messy person with no regard for objects returning to their home. It drove him crazy. But if he'd kept it to himself or worse, complained to others about me, would I have had the opportunity to change? Although a slightly trivial example, being honest is important. It can be hard to hear it and it can lead to disagreements. But these are part of a healthy marriage. Two non-identical people aren't going to have the same opinions about everything, are they? If we long for marriages built on respect and honesty, we must encourage open communication. Number four, encouragement. 
One of the most beautiful things in marriage is seeing one person bursting with pride on behalf of the other. Training together, then celebrating in each other's victories is what being a team is all about. Johnny encourages me to use my God-given gifts and has dedicated so much time into helping me lead worship. When he sees me lead, he beams, which encourages me even more. Remember this, if your spouse is their own worst critic, your job is to be their biggest fan. At the start, I mentioned that going from one to two can be a tough transition. But Ecclesiastes 4 says that by inviting God into our lives and therefore making it three will make us a force to be reckoned with. God gives us the love, strength and humility we need to serve one another and to serve him too.